What's going on, guys? It is your boy, Ryan Tomlinson, and we are back with another podcast. What's up, everyone? Yo, I just work here. Um... Today, we have <laughs> one of our good friends. His name is Cameron Game. Um, how I disguise, describe Cameron as businessman, entrepreneur, moneymaker. Man, I don't know about that. Give me three words, Steven. To describe you? Yeah. Uh, intelligent, handsome, Ooh. and amazing. Damn, you made me fucking seem like Jesus. a Jesus! Wow, I seem like, like a, a sex bad symbol friend. Right now. Wow. Yeah. All right, but yeah. Yeah, good to be here, man. Good to be here. So today we have our good friend Cameron Game, and this is going to be the first guest of many. We're probably going to do uh, more guests more often. Not every time because we don't have the all the equipment for that. But for the most part, we're going to try to keep it with more guests. We're yeah. glad to have you on, Cameron. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Who Who is Cameron Game? Uh, I mean, right now he's a, a mess. <laughs> College is kind of getting to me. Um, I'm working full-time, going to school full-time at UNLV. Um, I actually just declared my major again, like for sure, for sure. So what is I'm that? studying entrepreneurship with a double major in international business. Um, and then I kind of plan on merging um, automotive engineering into my own business um, one day, whatever that vague topic may be. Um, so I think in the next year or two, I want to start engineering school, like a specialized automotive engineering school, and then I can merge business in that. Because I really fought myself, um, you know, like the last six months of high school on what I really wanted to do, whether it was engineering, because I've always kind of been hands-on, I've always really been into cars, mm-hmm. or business, because I've always been into that aspect of that whole entire lifestyle you know and it really just narrowed down to what i wanted to do at the end of the day like what was my main goals in life you know and that was the freedom of time and i never really wanted to ever change my time for somebody else's money um so i thought business and entrepreneurship most specifically would give me that you know mm-hmm. opportunity I, I really look up to i you. definitely just described them no like yeah that was the best. <laughs> I, I, I i but i do applaud you because i am in college also um and I have no fucking clue what I want to do. I always like talk to like my friends and shit. And they're like, uh-huh. like what I what I could see myself doing is like something like creative directing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a pretty artistic person. I feel like if you, I were to describe myself artistic yeah. and different would be mm-hmm. the Cre- way I would creative. Yeah, creative. Um, like with podcasts and the fact that I'm like into music and all that stuff. But I have no idea how to major in that. But I or do like what that even would be defined. Yeah, as, like, you know? like, cause for for some for some of it, it's not always degree, but I also feel like I should get a degree just because. You know, it's something to fall back on, yeah. something to build on. At the end of the day, that may be more of a hands-on experience. Um, yeah, trade school or something that you're talking. It's about. technically under business. It's like bi- the advertisement part of a business school or of a business major, um, but it's it's not. It doesn't narrow it down to specifically what I want to do, and I, I was kind of debating i would say of like what i want to do in general i think it's i don't understand how anyone can know at 19 i mean i feel like there's so many things in life i want to do i just need to find a way to be able to hold myself um like in a in a way that i can have enough money to experience everything i want to do 
I think you just said it's it perfectly. Like the base though. of it. You know, you said what you wanted out of life, and I think that business may be that opportunity. Whether it's in that creative space like you're talking about, but business is just gives you so many opportunities. And everybody, there's such a negative connotation to like business majors. Like everybody hates on them because I know like there's that culture at you know CSN, you know, any other college you go to, because everybody thinks like it's that de- default major when you have no idea what you're doing. But like realistically, it's just so diverse. It's amazing. It can be anything. Exactly. But, like, the main thing, like, a lot of people just don't know what to do with their lives. Like, even if it does involve college or not, I think if you just find something that you really enjoy spending your time on um, and you just become obsessed with it and just keep improving, I just feel like any, like, a career can come out of almost anything. Like, yeah, as long as it's um, productive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I even think if, even if you yeah. start off something, like, really small, like, even your first job, you can mm-hmm. turn... You can really turn anything into a career these days. Especially, like, if it's your own thing, you know? Yeah. Like, if you just, I don't know, you uh, you draw. Yeah. And that's just your thing. You can go into advertisement. You can sell your drawings. Finally. I mean, you can really grow anything now. Like, with the internet, I feel like there's just such a... So many platforms, you know, to fall on. So. Find what you're good at and never do it for free. Well, exactly. what, um, the biggest thing um, that's flawed with our system, you know, is how we define qualifications. You know, so whatever career it may be or, you know, job choice, you know, you could be more qualified at it than me. But just because I went to college and got a degree is how we define our qualifications. I that makes that's... that makes me more qualified, but mm-hmm. it, do- it doesn't really. No, really. So it's, it's entirely a flawed system. Um, there's but, no way around it, you though. Know, exactly. I mean, there's, there's only a good five or six good options on what you could really do outside of high school, yeah. you know. Um, in today's age, but you know, it's hard and knowing what you want to do when you're 18, it, you're making a lifelong decision. You know, yeah, I'm not saying you're stuck in that decision and you have to settle, but I mean, at the end of the day, like if you choose to go to college, like, and it doesn't work out, you just wasted a shit ton of money. And you know, if that's what you're going to fall through with, then that degree you're getting, I mean, is basically what you're going to do. And what you're going to do with your whole life. Like who the fuck knows? Like I could wake up one day, like, your sister specifically she's gonna be a teacher Mm -hmm. and for a little while like right now my major is in uh elementary education like early childhood education yeah it's gonna be like it's like k through five Uh um and i was like sitting in class and i was like for like a good six months i was like yeah i could do this like this is something i could be passionate about Mm -hmm. Like, like i work with kids i'm like that's like something i'm good at um allows me to be artistic and stuff and i was sitting in the class and i was like like dude like i'm not gonna like like this i'm gonna find so many i'm gonna find so many flaws in this where i'm gonna like just fucking hate it and i'm just gonna it's gonna be like i am at any other job i'm just gonna get sick of it at some point and not want to do it anymore Mm -hmm. and i don't ever want to wake up and not enjoy what i'm gonna do for the day well that's exactly um my thing with a like issue with a lot of people or you know just everybody in general honestly is you know i use the term settle a lot you know i'm not talking about settling down and having a family but i feel like a lot of people have so many dreams and aspirations and they just settle you know as soon as you face adversity you know nobody wants to overcome that but at the end of the day like you know if you want to truly achieve your dreams and aspirations, you have to. So a lot of people settle. And that's kind of why I got into entrepreneurship. And that's why I'm, you know, pursuing that. Because I just don't think a lot or enough um, people are pursuing that entrepreneurship field. Because it's risky. I mean, it's it's a scary scene. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like a lot of people 
want that lifestyle or want a lot of things that can come from that lifestyle but aren't willing to you know make the those big steps to be able to be successful in that lifestyle yeah, because i mean you're financing yourself it's so mm-hmm. and it's honestly it's ballsy because if you want to be big in something you really have to take a leap towards something you can't just half-ass it and expect to see results you know the lifestyle though that like everyone basically the lifestyle everyone everyone wants to achieve i feel like it doesn't really exist either just for example like with social media um unless you're like damn bolzerian but other than that i mean if i could choose one person to be like no other than that though like (laughs) like that doesn't exist you know like you you turn around there's like a bunch of like yeah that's like one in a million yeah um like that doesn't exist just because everyone like if you think of your own like social media account you're not putting up things that you don't think are going to impress people or that people are going to like seeing find funny find inspiring so yeah the lives that you see on social media i feel like they don't really even exist and it's what really causes people to get frustrated because they're chasing something that isn't even real um or just like a facade that you see in general like i go to i went to life is beautiful Mm -hmm. and i'm really into music like like i have a great i mean i personally think i have a great sense of music taste Mm -hmm. and i can decipher like like what sounds good versus what compared to like the normal ear and Mm -hmm. i know a lot more about like the articulation of it yeah and i i know the more about like the the science behind it than the average person and when i see like all the people performing and i see like the lifestyle they live for example a smaller band that i saw um they're called wallows the guy from 13 reasons why what's his name uh you know like the main guy the main guy uh clay clay he that's his band he performed oh, at. I saw him. Wow. Yeah, I saw you. He yeah. performed at Life Is Beautiful, and I like looked at him. I was like, dude, that's like a person I want to be, like something in like the media side where like I can make music and also be able to like be in movies. Act. Not necessarily specifically those two things, but I can see myself doing something like in a sense where I get to do exactly what I want to do because I feel like that's what he's doing. And but I also got to look at it as that's probably not realistic. And if well, I, I if I, I if I, I if I completely chase it, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is I could chase it. And the scary thing is, is I'm going to chase it. I'm going to chase whatever I want to do because I'm a very outgoing person. But the, I can see why the average person doesn't, and the average average person doesn't succeed like that because of the big yeah. risk and the fear that comes with it. And, and I think that everyone's always yeah. telling you, like your parents. Everyone's like, "Well, bro, like." I wouldn't risk that. Like, isn't it better just stay in college and become a teacher? Like, we always need teachers. That's exactly what my parents uh, say. Yeah, like, more of a practical yeah. study, yeah. Yeah, don't get too crazy, bro. Like, you know, you're going to lose it all. It, it's, there's, like, few quotes I live my life by um, that have really hit home. Um, this isn't one of them, but, like, you're saying, you know, everybody always told you, oh, shoot for the stars and land on the moon. I mean, that's the same exact analogy right there, you know, with going for that lifestyle and then, you know, settling for something less. I mean, I hate that word, but, I mean, that's... You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I believe this one's from Sully Breaks, and that was like a big uh, influence when I was growing up. Is you know, either follow your dreams or somebody else is going to pay you to follow theirs. 
Yeah, um, that's you know, and that makes complete sense. You know, True. and I'm not saying that you can't work for other people, but at the end of the day, if those, if that job or that career or what you're doing in life isn't in line with what you truly want out of life, then I mean, there's you, no point. Exactly. There's no purpose. Um, there's no value of it. Yeah, and and some people, I mean, I have a I have a really good friend of mine that you know we've been best friends for like 12 years, and what he really wanted out of life was you know a family, financial stability, and you know the freedom of travel. So I mean, he chose a trade job which i mean there's nothing wrong with that and he really enjoys it because it gives him the money to do those things he wants and Mm -hmm. it's just as simple as that you know um yeah which isn't bad either no Mm -hmm. no and i feel like for me i always look at like the depth of people specifically like like i work with a lot of kids that are like my age Uh and so i'm always like constantly seeing like there's a lot of high school kids, like all the kids that are like the normal workers. Yeah. They're all like high schoolers and they're all about to graduate. And I'm always like trying to understand them and understand their like thought process around things. Like a lot of them are like, yeah, I'm going to go to school and be a dentist because I'm going to make that money. And I'm like, okay, but is that what you want to do? And they're like, no, but I'm going to make good money doing it. I'm like, okay, but, yeah. but do, are you going to wake up every day and are you going to are you gonna look at yourself in the mirror and be like, damn, I'm fucking happy with my life. I get to go and do what i want maybe money yeah. maybe money helps you do that because it allows you the freedom to well, it's a tool yeah it's, it's a tool it and, it, and it helps it gives you the freedom to be able to do the things you want regardless mm-hmm. of if you like the job you're doing but i think that everyone should have the. i mean this is my opinion everyone can disagree i, don't, I think it's different per person and it's like situational mm-hmm. but i believe that there should be a value into everything you do because if there's no value in something, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, if there's no meaning to it. Yeah, if there's yeah. if there's no purpose and like reading a book, you don't read a book just because you like saying words in your mind, right? Mm. You read a book because there's some value in it, whether it's fiction, nonfiction. You read a book, storytelling, whatever. You try to get something out of yeah, whatever you're doing. Yeah, if you're, you're trying doing. to learn something from it or if you're yeah, reading for or enjoyment. Yeah, or, you know. there has to be a purpose for everything. And I feel like if you find a career and you don't find the value in your career mm-hmm. and you're just doing it because the societal norm of having money and having a family or whatever, then you've really lost the value of what life is. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't recognize and a lot of people that go into careers that they don't like or things that they don't want to do because they have the societal norm of, well, I just need to have a career and get money mm-hmm. and be able to have a family or whatever. It's just like if you if you tell someone that you're taking out a, like a loan for school, it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's good. Everyone does that. You're, you're expected to do that. But if you say that you're taking out a huge loan to start your own business and you're the same age, no one would, well, almost no one would look at you the same. It's like certain expectations that are, um, yeah, just like, it's, it's just expected from us. Right there, yeah, yeah. especially because we're, you know, 18, 19, 20. Um, well, yeah, it's, sure. yeah. Wait, wait, which one of us is 18? Okay. We're all, I'm <laughs> 19. Not a, wait, what? I'm 19, you're 19. Okay, yeah, you're 24. Yeah, yeah. Me and Cam- actually, fun, fun fact, me and Cameron's birthdays are like, you're 26. I'm the 21st. Oh, 21st. Never mind. Yeah, May 21st. Someone else is you know, 26th. So Gemini. Oh, yeah. Shout out Gemini. So I'm yeah. May 29th. We are very close in age. Yeah, fuck me. But yeah, no, I do agree <laughs> with that point. I do agree with that point. Um, Wait, one, one other thing. Like, you know, there's always this quote, like, follow your dreams on uh-huh. everything. Like, every kid has a poster that says and that. I think it's so cliche, but it's not. Yeah. Well, but everyone, like, thinks about it and everyone says it. 
but no one actually does it. No one works upon that. And no. I think the action of actually going towards your goal is very hard to commit to. I think it's not hard for everyone. I think feel like there's a lot of people who are born mm-hmm. to do it. Like I look at Cameron, I'm like, oh, that's a guy that I know is just gonna do it. Like he's he has that motivation in him. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are me who are like more introverted in like the things that they want to do. And yes, I have all these goals, but the fact of doing them kind of scares me. Yeah, and um, yeah. the biggest thing with me is what you just brought up about me is I was just always looking ahead. Um, I mean, I would consider myself a smart person, but I mean, I don't really apply myself in school the way I could, so I'm not really book smart, but, you know, street smart's more than anything. I feel like I'm vice versa. But, yeah, I mean, I could be book smart if I really cared to be, but I just, I, I lose interest so fast. Um, but what I was getting at is, I forgot, man. I'm sure it was a good point. I, no, but, uh, <laughs> Probably but, not, to, honestly. To work, <laughs> to work upon what you're saying, like, you're book smart and... Um, not not book smart and not book, no, smart. Not book smart. More street yeah. smart. Yeah, and I feel like you know, a lot of the things. Smart. I feel like a lot of things like book smarts are important. I feel like you have to go through those things to understand like the basis of everything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like to a certain point, like there's certain things that you take in school that just have no value to you, and there's no reason like you should ever someone yeah, should ever I mean, get mad like for what? not being book smart. Like specifically, like me. Um, there's classes I, I'm like, yeah, I need this class. This class can help me in life. But that's a, then there's other classes like my music appreciation class where I'm like, I'm not going to use this shit. Oh, you, you, you're talking about like, why do I have to take your why, money, yeah. why do I have to take an elective for a career? Because it makes the college business? money. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Stephen has it right there. But it's also like the learning perseverance. So I feel like as humans, like innately, we just want to learn. But this is a difference. If I want to learn about you know, whatever it may be. When I'm a kid, I'm, I really enjoy baseball. You know, that's just an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy baseball, so I enjoy learning about baseball. So all this other bullshit that I'm being taught, you know, you're not as invested in it. So, uh-huh. and that's the hardest thing with college for me. Um, there's two things. I think UNLV is super unmotivating because, um, first of all, I don't live on campus. UNLV has one of the worst campus lives. I mean, it's a really nice college. It's, you know, they just added the medical institution there and everything. So the education is nice in itself, but the whole aspect of the co- that college lifestyle, per se, you know, and I just hit that with air quotes, um, it's it's just not shining through with UNLV. So that's I super think it is for, And I think that a lot, a lot of the reasons why, like, community college is so talked down mm-hmm. is I get a good value out of it because I can see the value in it. Uh-huh. But I'm not, like, there's, I'm very different from the normal person. I'm not... Like I, I find I try to find value in everything, and that's not the normal kid. But there is no like experience for me to feel motivated. Like I, I go to class, I do my homework, I go home. Like that, that's that, that's a lifestyle I go to. Yeah, you're it has to be in, intrinsic like motivation though, like yeah, internal. It, like it can't be. There's guys, yeah, like, yeah. I, and I mean I don't know the steps to success. That's not my, that's not my forte, but. I think there definitely needs to be more motivation well, th- in everything. Yeah, well, think about it, though. When you go to college and you're paying tens of thousands of dollars to take an English class that you've already taken four times, yeah, it's unmotivating. Why Doing the same you, you essays. Know, you're paying done. $800 in undergraduate fees for this class, and then you're paying like another $100 for a stupid book that you're literally going to look at ten times yeah. and then throw out or sell to some other kid for $11. 
and you bought it for $145. It's unmotivating, you know. I don't want to take that English class. And there's certain classes that I um, understand taking as a prerequisite, like Com 101. I really thought that was a useful class. I don't know if you've taken no, Com yeah. 101. I it, took definitely, it. it definitely helped me. Yeah. Like, just talking. So it helps me with this right here. Yeah, Stephen. It's, just, it's like, basically, I don't know how it is at CSF, but at UNLV, you have a lecture hall. They teach you about, you know, sophists, how to articulate language, everything about speech. What goes into that? Um, Definitely useful. And like then, how to get your point across? Yeah, okay. in the most effective way, like mm-hmm. public speaking. That's okay. what it is. Yeah. So, and then for us, they would split us up into smaller classes that we'd go to like every week as well. So we had the lecture with like three, four hundred students, um, and then we'd be split up into like classes of twenty, and there'd be a TA in there, and you have like three structured structured speeches, whether it's you know. Uh, influential speech, you know, I forget what ours are about. It's like influential and informative, um, persuasive. Or not influential, persuasive is yeah, same thing. Same thing, yeah, but, whatever. Um, informational, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you speak in front of, I mean, it's only speaking in front of like 20, 30, 40 people, which is a lot less than three, 400, but you get graded on your speeches and how to articulate yourself and get your point across in the most effective way. Gotcha. Um, so I thought that was an interesting class. I really like speaking. It's terrifying for some people, but that's actually useful, yeah. you know? And if I can't articulate myself, then, you know, yeah. I'm not useful. It takes you out of your comfort zone. It takes you out of your comfort zone, which I think is very important to pursuing any career because if you can't get out of, out of your comfort zone, how can you, like, pursue anything? Because you have yeah. to work hard for something, and after high school and everything's not just handed to you, like, in high school, you can kind of go by with just like half-assing everything yeah. you don't need to put 100 percent in high school to at, pass. Um, at csn is it kind of like nobody really gives a fuck about each other because at unlv everybody has their headphones in like there are certain areas that are dope and there's like that you know student-on-student interaction but i feel like everybody just goes to fucking class no every at csn you know, there's 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 like every once in a while weird dude like around like i would say like mid-semester like the the national honor society or whatever they'll do things and like food and stuff uh-huh. but no one really communicates with people you i mean you do meet a lot of people in classes that are cool like uh-huh. um i made some good friend in my communications class um mm-hmm. last year um but for the most part it's pretty everyone's pretty introverted i mean i'm not i'm the one i'm usually the one that talks to people and like tries yeah. to start conversation oh me too for sure but um I think that it's like there is a lack of that. I think it's just because people are like, "Oh, I need to, I need to study hard, and I need to make sure it's school is the only thing." Your own doing. business. Well, that's that's kind of society right now, though. Anyways, like I, the other day, oh, true, I, this true. this video, I forgot why it just popped up on YouTube. It was, I think the title was "A Night at Seven Eleven in 1988." And this guy was just walking, like, recording everyone. Everyone was like, oh, my God, are you doing this for the news? Why are you doing this? This is so cool. Everyone was talking to everyone, uh-huh. and then they did it 20 years later, and no one was talking to anyone. Yeah, I mean... It looked crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. I think it's because we have this norm of... Didn't mean to cut you off, but I think it's because we have this norm of everything that we do communicating-wise, communication-wise, is done, like, Through over Twitter, media, over on your phone. Instagram, it's social artificial. media. Yeah, it's uh-huh. artificial, and... 
I mean, I don't mean to say we're in a freaking simulation, but we're definitely in a we're simulation. In a, we're definitely in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it this way. You know, me as a person, I have all these social media accounts. I have, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not on Facebook. That's more for fucking old people, in my yeah. opinion. But I mean, Older it's whatever. 50, yeah. I mean, they got some funny shit on there. But what I was getting at <laughs> nice. is, you know, you know me as a person. Like, we've, you know, interacted for the past fucking five years. Like, you and yeah. Steven. Um, mm-hmm. But on Instagram, it's like you can almost fabricate your own life, you know? Exactly. I, I feel yeah. like I'm super raw on Instagram and, and Twitter and all that shit. I'm not going to come out and say shit I wouldn't say in person yes. or say yeah. your face. I think or, I'm pretty good. I think we're know? all pretty good at that. But I think the majority of you know? people mm-hmm. were not that. We're definitely different than most people. That, yeah, I think, I think we we all have that good value of rawness. And we're, I mean, except for on Instagram, I'm more of like aesthetic. Because that's what Yeah, I but you're not sitting for. there fucking but editing your pictures where you look completely different and yeah. like, you know... It, it's like or like flexing on fucking Instagram. That's like what I was about to say. Yeah. Shit. yeah, I mean, I'm super transparent. That's a good word, but um, it's you can fabricate your own lifestyle in there, and if that makes you feel good, that's what you know. A lot of people is the driving factor behind it. You know, if you're gonna sit there and this chick's gonna be straight catfish, but it makes her feel good and she thinks she looks like that or whatever the case may be. And it boosts I mean, her confidence. It, exactly. But it's kind of like you're simulating your own reality in that sense. Like you're pretending to be someone you're not. Exactly, man. And that, yeah, it's just, the problem I, it's with weird. Everything. It's weird because it's really new. I think, know? I think that's a big problem because I feel like we've gotten so used to this fake life that we all see on instagram and twitter and facebook or whatever that once we see people in person we like find the the problems in them way more easy and that's Mm -hmm. why we have more i mean i think that's a driving factor of why there's more like fighting and arguments than there used to be on on social social media media well because you can't see them that's why people complain about so much because because you can like you can say as much as you want about someone uh, on social media, but you only know so much about a person if you haven't met them in person. In person, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy is this may be kind of random and off. Well, it's not off subject, but um, different thought is that's like I have like a super harsh opinion about makeup, and it kind of is like the same thing because I think that you know I'm not saying like I you know frown upon makeup completely. Like if you wear makeup, you know I'm not attracted to you. Blah blah, blah like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like females women girls even some guys you know even guys yeah that you know wear excessive amounts of makeup it's just it just shouts insecurity to me i'm not saying that's always the case but i just feel like it's it's just unnatural to me and i feel like as a guy i like more of a natural look um that's my personal opinion but girls who are super super dependent on the makeup it just speaks so much more about their personality than like it does about their looks yeah. in my opinion i don't know if you guys feel the same way that was kind of random i mean i think uh, it's yeah. to a point it's kind of like uh guys when they really like they have to show how much money they have all the time kind of thing like it's showing Flex. yeah like yeah. like falling back on something to show people that you're yeah that you have something that, that you're the shit they don't or you yeah. have something that that puts you in a higher standpoint than someone else. Yeah, man. Uh, it, the society's kind of weird anyways <laughs> on how we view money, especially yeah. like the interaction with like sugar daddies and shit. I mean, it's Bro, crazy. that's getting so fucking out of hand. Dude, man. I did not know that it was like this secret. Like, it's not even secret anymore that it was really like chicks that I know. I had a conversation with somebody. I'm not going to drop any names, but like a few weeks ago, and she's like, oh yeah, that's like a normal thing that us girls do. And I was like, "Bro, what? Yeah, and I, girls like that have awe. boyfriends that are like yes. selling their nudes. 
Yes, and not even that. Or even, okay. not, not, even not that. How many like, times you heard this? Oh, yeah, we just have to go on a date with him and he pays us. Yeah, that's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard, bro. You as a man, dude, I'm not going to sit here and pay a chick 500 a $1,000, even $200 to go on a date with me. First of all, I'm not that desperate. Second of all, that's insane when there's no incentive. Like, just go on a date with me and I'll give you no $1,000. There's no value dollars. in it. What? Like, like, like what we were talking about earlier, with anything, not just that, just like, Anything that has become a societal norm, we've lost a lot of the true value of it. And I feel like the value that we hold on something is the reason why we do it. Uh-huh. And with things like that, like people are so like, I think people are just so uneducated on things past what is a norm or things past, like the thought past, like uh, things that you can hold or money or What's the word? Materialistic. Materialistic things. And I feel like yeah. people are so obsessed with materialistic things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like I, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy materialistic things. I definitely enjoy them, but I enjoy them because I get the value out of them. If, I don't just enjoy them because I have them. them. Exactly. If you use them, like, yeah. you put them to That's use. That's why I don't wear chains. That's why I don't wear, like, fancy jewelry. Like, I'll wear something like earrings that I, I like because I think they look good on me and I see the value that they bring to an outfit or anything in general. Perfect example here is exactly what you're talking about in materialistic things. Think about if you had all the money in the world and you could buy whatever you wanted. There's no value or meaning behind those things anymore because it's like, say like you want this certain car, you know, at this point in your life, you know, you have to save up, you know, a ton of money for this specific car you want. You have to work for it, you strive for it, and then you obtain it. There's that certain value to it. Now, if you just hit the, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you just hit the lottery and you had $10 million and you just bought that same car, you know, you're constantly having to one up yourself to get that same feeling. It's like if you already owned a Lamborghini and somebody gave you a Lamborghini or a car that's lesser value in your opinion, like it just doesn't have the same meaning. And like another example with that is, is like, why do you always think that rich people buy people like these super extravagant, extravagant gifts? Like if you're rich ryan and i'm like one of your friends and i gotta i gotta buy you a lamborghini for your birthday like that's insane to think about just because that's the only thing that you would really get value out of like you like those big ticket items like yeah. you're not gonna get value if i get you like a fucking cheap watch or something for my bir- you know? for people's birthdays like if i'm close with them mm-hmm. i usually don't get them something that like has money like i mean it, well, it will have money it will have it will cost me money to get it, but it won't do it because of the value of the money. Like if I don't know you, I'll probably get you like a gift card or something. But if like I know you and you know I'm gonna give you a birthday present, like Steven, for your birthday, you won't know I'd give you, I'd give you fucking like three joints or something. I'd That's give you something that I'd right. give you something that like you could use or me and you could use together. And so then for Cameron, yeah, or yeah. for fucking Cameron, what I'd get for you for your birthday is like Bro, get a steering right. wheel cover or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know you, necessarily. You went in the right direction. I was going to say car parts. And yeah, stuff. I would probably get you like right. a fucking, I'd probably get you like something a cleaning kit yeah, or something. I get what you're saying. Or just something that has value that I could see you using. And I feel like. Because it's something I enjoy. Yeah. And you don't like, got to buy me an expensive yeah, car like you give you me a tw- something that. You give me a $20 gift card to Target, like that's cool, but there's not a meaning behind it. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I, I, I very much appreciate... That's a, a cop-out. That's the easiest thing mm-hmm. you can ever do. I, I very much appreciate the fact that you're thinking about me and the fact that you have gotten me anything in general, but yeah, yeah. there's no true value behind it. And I think that that kind of correlates with the fact of the value of anything is the fact that we correlate and try to relate 
the price of something with the value of something. Yeah, like in in the book, I was just, I just finished reading it yesterday. Um, it's one chapter was about money, and it was talking about how money, like a hundred dollar bill, is just like a piece of paper. Okay. Um, it can have a different feel if it took you a day to earn it. If you stole it from someone, if you found it, like all of, de- depending like the circumstance, it changes the way the money feels towards you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's like just... the process behind it. Like yeah. If you actually had to grind for exactly. Dollars, way It'll feel way better. And but but if you think about it, it's yeah. just a piece of paper. Like it's yeah. it re- it really does depend on how you, your pers- your perspective. Um, how you got it, was it given to you, did you work for it? Yeah, and the flip side of that is if, if you know, I'm holding $100 versus, you know, somebody poor holding $100. Exactly. Like uh-huh. that, or even a dollar, somebody that's poor holding a dollar, mm-hmm. it has that same feeling of $100 to them, but that $100 feels like a dollar to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, because you're like, balling. That, that sounded like super bad, but no, it's no but right. like, I get what you're saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like rich people that have a hundred dollars, like oh, it's a fucking hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, if I picked up hundred, I'm like, oh shit, dude. Yeah. I open my wallet, there's a hundred dollar bill. I'm like, oh fuck. Definitely Christ. useful. Fuck yeah, dude. In and out ten times. <laughs> ten times more yeah. than that, dude. I mean, in and out's pretty cheap. Yeah, man. but <laughs> true. No, yeah, it, it... yeah. And then I think the value with everything kind of correlates back to everything we've been talking about. And I kind of want to go back to that social media thing we were talking about because. I totally just thought about something. Uh huh. And yeah, I drew a blank on something big I was going to drop on y'all, and I completely. That just happened to me yeah, like twice whatever. in the past few minutes. It's fine. Um, but back on the social media thing. So we were talking about like the people's like perception and like how you see people and how like how much you can get out of something. And I was thinking about you specifically because I mean we're cool and we're we're good friends, but I feel like I haven't we haven't really like hung out much since yeah, graduation after and high school, yeah. And I feel like I. I kind of thought about you from high school, and I felt like you were more like money than anything. Uh-huh, like money-driven. Yeah, okay, you are yeah. more money-driven. I think you're still a pretty good money-driven. I don't think it's a bad thing to be money-driven. Oh, no. But, no. Um, but, like, I haven't seen much of you on Twitter and Instagram, like, vocalizing your opinion on those things as yeah. much as... I just think there's a time and a place. My biggest thing is, is I have I have opinions on everything, and I'm super I'm super open minded. Like I'm not going to attack somebody for having their own opinion yeah. on something. But my issue there is is here's an example with politics. I refuse to talk politics with somebody who is incompetent about politics. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who gets their media from fucking social media? Like that is the biggest bullshit. Like especially like Twitter. Yeah. yeah and then like too. I just can't. I lose brain cells doing it. Yeah. So me voicing my opinion on social media. Um, I've thought about it, but I just rather do it face to face first yeah. of all. Yeah, and to not to cut you off, but to no, no um, explain my point further on that is that I don't see that from you, and so when I, so now talking to you now compared to me and you having this kind of conversation that we probably uh-huh. would like senior year when we were both very different, like I was a lot different than I am now. I'm a lot more even minded than I am now, or oh, yeah. even minded <laughs> than I am back oh, then. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I think you are too. Even handed, bro. Yeah, even fucking handed. We gotta oh, drop that name shit. every time, you keep dude. Doing that, yeah, bro. Nice me. Anyways, nice me. shout out Cameron. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like we're both a lot more in the middle than we used to be. Not just politics wise, just yeah. with like any opinion. We're more e- even minded, even handed uh-huh. in it. And I noticed how that correlates to our social media discussion mm-hmm. because I totally don't just kind of assume that you were the same 
person because I haven't talked to you as much. Yeah. Well, because is... I saw that n- lack of your vocal opinion on social media. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've kind of been like, I don't know. Like, I look at social media. I like to, you know, see what people are up to, but it's like, it's not a big deal. It's not. Like, if it's I not lost my driving, phone tomorrow. Yeah. Like, man, I'd be listening to podcasts and YouTube all the time on my phone, so my phone's super important to me. But to be honest, like, I'm not a casual texter. I don't really go on Twitter 24-7. Like, I just hate people who are sucked into that. But what I was saying is is a couple things. People, like, that knew me in high school, like, they never really, really knew me. Like, my, my close, like, friends group, like, really knows, like, the true me. And it's not like I'm, like, putting up a front or anything, but, like, when you actually sit down and talk to me, like, a lot of people think I'm an asshole. Which is crazy to think about. It's because it's money. I think it's because yeah. you had that facade of money. Well, I'm going to also tell And then money just makes people look, look, look no, like I, assholes. I don't think it's the money with Cameron. I think yeah. it's how straight up you are. And, exactly you're very, I, and I also think you're very uh, vocal. And I think oh, yeah, when you have an opinion... So fucking I'll die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when you have an opinion, you're very um, outspoken. Yeah, up front with it. But that's the thing. I'm going to tell you something you need to hear over what you want to hear. So I, I'm just harsh. And, you know, that's the harsh reality is when I tell you the truth and you can't handle it, I mean, that's not my fucking fault. That's tough And I'm not going to feel, exactly, I'm not going to feel sympathy or sorry for you. And, you know, I'm a super empathetic person, but at the end of the day, like, when you need to hear something and I'm going to be the one that tells you, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, and I had... But it's 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 definitely with good intentions, though. Oh, yeah, and and sure. I doubt you would try to insult someone just because they don't agree with your point or you get frustrated with them. Yeah. I don't think that would be like Like something. we were talking about um, before the podcast started, we were talking about how there are certain people's opinions that we can really value versus people's opinions that we can't value because I was like Jordan Peterson, that's a person's opinion that I can value because mm-hmm. he has those harsh opinions and he'll, he's pretty straightforward. But he doesn't make you feel stupid for having a different opinion. That's important. Against yeah, someone like ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder, who are very far right, and they think, oh... Everything else is wrong. Yeah, because they think, oh, because someone's transgender, that they can just be made fun of. And I feel like if you can just... Yeah, because biologically if, they're saying there's only a male and female, yeah, which and is it, true, but... you know, Yeah, it's true, but... but space, so. Yeah, but you let but, them have their opinion without uh-huh. trying to belittle them for having their opinion, unless... I mean, it's not for me, but unless they're attacking you for your opinion. And that's why we're saying that Joe Rogan is such a good host because of that. Like, that he won't make you feel stupid. Although, I mean, he he may have his moments, but with that, that, he's not as direct. Like, he won't uh, make you feel like you're stupid, that your point, like, your opinion, like, has zero value. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I just think there's uh, different strategies different ways of communication that some people just don't have they just want to like um give their point across and they don't really care how you feel they just mm-hmm. kind of want to win the argument instead of trying to get the point across yeah and i think that a lot of people are scared of losing like yeah. you can admit you're wrong you're going to be wrong mm-hmm. a good amount of times in your life not may not be the majority of times and a you lot may of the time. Yeah, and but you're going to have a lot of times where you're wrong, and I feel like admitting you're wrong is probably one of the bravest things you can do. Yeah. Like, in an argument, like, I am so bad at it, I will literally argue and go so far out of pocket that... Until you're just... Until I'm, until, like, I'm right. Regardless if I actually am right, mm-hmm. I'll, like, argue till I'm out of breath because I want to be oh, right. You, you know me, I'm, like, yeah. a master debater. And that's I'm something I'm trying to... Debater, wor- I don't know yeah, and yeah. that's something I'm try- I try to work on because... I know there's opinions I have that are not the right opinion, 
but well, I mean, what, you I, so the ones that, that not not the ones that the ones that I've noticed, I've changed. I mean, but there's, there's I I know that I know I, I I can't tell you what they are because it hasn't came to me yet. But there's probably opinions I have that are probably wrong. Yeah, just lack of research Definitely. or whatever. And when those opinions do come to the surface, and I do have to discuss them, and if I am uh, proven wrong, I hope that I can fucking take my pride out of. Yeah, it's just and, accountability. And, yeah. Know? But the biggest thing that I was saying is like why people think I'm such an asshole is because I'm, you know, straight up in that sense. But what I was getting at is there's very few people who know that like I'm not an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or not very few. I mean a handful That's of a good people amount. because they actually get to know me. I mean, I'll claim that. Like I I'm definitely an ass sometimes. But when you've only had that one interaction with me and it's just negative in your opinion, then like of course I'm gonna look like an asshole. But what I was trying to get at is um tying this into politics is i'm like super into politics super super into politics i think a lot of people should be into politics because it really does have like a pretty big effect outstanding effect on your life um but i'm not going to talk politics with anybody like i'll only talk people talk politics if people ask me about like in a setting like this yeah or yeah because like a safe space (laughs) no but like i said i'm not going to talk politics with people who are just completely incompetent because then i you know i get frustrated i mean i don't get upset nobody really makes me mad i'm just like a chill i get upset sometimes like there's sometimes where i've had like discussions about weed with yeah with specifically like one of my coworkers. i had this like this is just an example Uh but i know i'm right in that subject and I know the pros and cons of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And to for someone to like completely just like take fact out of hand and just completely put their personal discretion and annoyance with but the like, substance, yeah. like even with it pisses weird. me off. And I, I uh-huh. hate the fact that I got flustered during that argument with that person because I knew that it just made my opinion look less valued. Yeah, or made you look mm-hmm. shittier. But that's the thing is people only speak on their experiences or exactly. their viewpoint on it. They don't yeah. look at the other side, the, you know, the flip side to it. And that's what you have to. You know, and with weed, that's a perfect subject because I, me personally, I'm not, you know, huge into drugs. I'm not saying I haven't experienced drugs and I have no bad connotation for them. Like, I think that, you know, it has its space and I think that, you know, it ultimately should be legalized, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't look at somebody differently because they smoke weed, you know, they do some blow, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, blow maybe a little bit yeah, extensive. A little, <laughs> a little bit but more. I mean, you get what I'm saying. Say some acid or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, uh, DMT, whatever. Um, yeah, DMT. Chill. You yeah, know, chill DMT sesh. You know, so I've definitely smoked weed and whatnot, but I'm, I've just never been a huge fan of like the aspect of smoking like that, which is never my thing. Um, I'd much rather drink, and that's just a personal opinion, but there's... I never have ever, like, looked like down on somebody is, for... Or saying drinking is better than... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, drinking is honestly probably worse for your health. It's, it's, um, it's not probably. It is. You but, know. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and claim that I drink because, you know, drugs are bad and nobody should drink. Drugs, I drugs. Blanket term. Um, I think they have their time and their place. And I think people can also use them recreationally as long as they use them responsibly. Um, but I don't look down on somebody that uses drugs because I've used drugs and there's like a time and space that I would, but I've just never been super into them. That's just me personally. But mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people take the fact that they don't enjoy something 
So they have to disprove someone else's so they can't thought enjoy about it. it. Yeah, like so they can't enjoy it. They has have to be just as bad. Or right. they have to like relate with someone to the point where they have the same opinion on something. Right. Like that person hasn't experienced it. So I I told them I was like, once you've experienced something, then you can have a different opinion. You can't have an, a, a complete like full round opinion unless you did extensive research or had experience and hopefully multiple experiences with it yeah the main thing is that people just don't have the experience and knowledge and they just go off of what they hear yeah um what their family tells them what their church tells them what their any like whatever they just don't really know themselves they just repeat what they hear and i mean that's a problem with drugs politics religion it's just like repeating and not really looking into it yourself which is crazy to think just because you can google anything on your phone now um true so yeah yeah i don't know it's i think that drugs like you said is such a blanket term and it has such a bad negative connotation especially because like you know we're the younger generation and we're kind of growing up in that weird you know new technology stage Mm -hmm. and everything is up and coming like i mean what was it a year and a half two years ago was the first like legalization of marijuana Mm -hmm. like statewide like a year you know so exactly so that literally is so new that people still don't even understand that like the repercussions of things or you know the positive effects of you know drugs or the negative effects like they just don't fully understand what it encompasses and i don't think that means they like a lot of people think that with that they're like like vaping like yeah. oh, there isn't long long-term effects that have been proven so you shouldn't do it i mean there's short-term effects that mm-hmm. have been proven to not be harmful or whatever less harmful than cigarettes yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if that's the only research you have upon you, that's the research you should take as value. Well, I mean, but I, I do think it's harmful for your lungs, though. Oh, yeah. long I, I, don't, I don't think it's completely safe, but I do think it's better for you than cigarettes. Well, yeah, 1,000% because of all yeah, those other uh-huh. you know, because, 200 chemicals that yeah. are in there. But smoking yeah. in general is bad for you. Mm-hmm. you know. Although they found that lung function isn't impaired after smoking weed. Well, I just think that the 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 burning sensation of smoking, mm-hmm. you know, it burns your was it alveoli in inside your lungs. Yeah, you know, I definitely. That, that, that's breathe. what's weird, though. I mean, I don't understand the science behind that. Just because they did a study where they followed people for twenty years, one group uh-huh. smoking just cigarettes, one group smoking cigarettes and weed, and one group just smoking weed. Mm-hmm. I think that there's uh, definitely pros and cons to smoking. I think there's there's more pros mm-hmm. than cons. We're specifically talking about weed. Yeah. Like, with, like, smoking, mm-hmm. like, actual, like, smoke. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that it there are more good effects that it has to you than bad. So, it definitely outweighs it when it comes to actually smoking, like, mm-hmm. inhaling smoke. Well, it's a um, different, so, it's a whole different plant, So, with, too. like, that research that happened... That's. I mean, I didn't even finish saying what I was going to oh, say. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, just with that. Uh, I just thought it was funny that you were going to like go off of it. And, like, yeah, never mind. Um, the tobacco smokers, they all had impaired lung function after the 20 years, even the ones that smoked weed. And the ones that only smoked weed had better lung function at the end of the 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why that would happen. And I still think smoking in general like would cause some sort of issues but i don't think it's nearly as much well think about it the chemicals that are in cigarettes you know when you're inhaling that you know smoke instead of just marijuana Mm -hmm. or even just tobacco yeah not just cigarettes maybe you smoke out of a pipe i mean it's all 
bad in the sense because smoking's bad for your lungs, but mm-hmm. those chemicals that are being burned are way worse than, you know, anything found in marijuana or anything found in just tobacco, et cetera, exactly, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Same yeah. thing with vaping. Like, vaping is bad. I mean, the, what is it, the glycoserin in it, when you burn that, that's bad for your lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it impairs sticks. your lungs. Yeah, it impairs your lungs it and your clogs. esophagus. It's like a clogger. But, you know, in the same sense, when you compare that to cigarettes, like, the chemicals are just undeniable in cigarettes that it's far worse, oh, especially yeah. even the tar buildup oh, over, yeah. you know, vapor. Yeah, there's, it's yeah. a, it's un, it, there's no... No comparison. There's, yeah, like there's no comparison. There's no way that someone can ever, like, say that... Like, there's so much research done that there's no way someone could ever say that cigarettes are better for you than vaping. I don't even I think, think vaping is a good step forth No, people into, claim that, though. People claim, like... My mom's a big smoker. Um, cigarettes? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, you'll just read all those, like, taboo articles about, like, vaping. And then she'll, Cameron, like, come to me. Oh, do you vape? Blah, 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 like, whatever. And I'm like, no, because I don't. But, you know, they, like, that older generation, I think they're just so in denial that they think that, you know, it's I think far it's just worse. A lot of the old generations, I think what we have a step above them is that we're a lot more open minded and we're kind of cutting out a bunch of societal norms mm-hmm. and all these like but family... creating a lot more too you were, yeah we're creating a bunch True. of different ones but like the complete like family value norm that's been completely thrown out the window yeah. mm-hmm. like I don't think there's a lot of and I don't think there's a lot of family values and I don't think that there's as much as like church value or morality as there was 20 years ago oh no doubt yeah and you I mean think... like coming from the church or just in general? Just in coming general. from any churches okay. or just having morality in the sense of God is the reason why you're moral. Okay. And I think that we, I think our generation is more ethically mm-hmm. inclined and I think we have better mm-hmm. ethics than people. And I think, yes, we're, we're a lot more sensitive and I think that, I hate that. It, it's kind of annoying. But I think that the point of it is a good sense because we are ethically Mm-hmm. thinking more than we used superior. to superior yeah, yeah and i think definitely that, superior in that like sense. just specifically like um a normal white person whoa here we go we're, we're gonna bring up the word white and i'm also whoa. gonna say the word black because that happens to do with the subject hey man that's derogatory yeah you need to calm down yeah bro. i need to calm the hell down but anyways a normal white person in say the 50s 40s 60s whatever in that old time period um the normal person in that would assume that black people are less of value than them for what reason there's no scientific evidence behind it there's just taboo or fucking fake articles you read about whatever mm-hmm. or they're more less educated or whatever you do but um their ethics at that point were completely undeniably wrong and <laughs> no. like they're, they're shit um but the the way we look at it now is like i don't think any normal white person that is educated and understands um anything on, in an educated way mm-hmm. can say that with complete sincerity and complete like confidence that that that's ever going to be relevant again like that's not that i don't know sense. man I feel like there's some pretty racist people. I just yeah, but I don't think they're educated. I feel like you can't be educated if you can't understand literal, like, fact. If you're an educated person, if fact is is given to you and you can't take it, then you're not an educated person. I don't know. Man, I don't know either. Do you not agree with that? 
Here, get more into it. Well, you know, that's kind of confusing how you're wording it. I am so, wording it. Yeah. So just like educated people in general. What do you mean? Okay. College or no, just like, like anyone who's... Edu- had, like how we... Def- just yeah, normal like, definition just like anyone, like how we would define educated, someone who's... Um, I guess you could say has had schooling or just mm-hmm. people who have a knowledge, general knowledge and isn't like a complete idiot. Okay. Okay. You haven't been isolated, they, you know. Shit. Yeah. yeah okay. You, you understand everything. Mm-hmm. The normal white person who is educated can't say something like we would back then of blacks have less value or whatever, because that's just an uneducated, like stance that's an yeah, uneducated there's no, opinion there's no proof actually yeah but evidence behind that. And i think just... that relates to our ethics because our ethics have gone so much better and mm-hmm. that's ethical because being educated is a good thing and that's an ethical fact okay but back then you could be the educated white man uh-huh. as we would say and still have a stupid opinion like that and yeah, be just completely because you were okay. superior the system yeah, yeah. find you as superior yeah and that's what I'm trying to say is that our ethics are better and the fact that we don't see things. We have an understanding of... I feel like we have more educated opinion on things. But what if do. you're like surrounded by people, you're extremely educated, but you just happen to be surrounded by people that keep telling you these things and saying that... Yes, uh, man. Yeah, like... Yes, man. Uh, I think you should just... No, but what about that person? You don't think they I, no, would I be think, thinking I don't like think black that people are inferior? I don't think that they're necessarily super uneducated, but I feel like to be educated, you have to look at different aspects of things. You can't just be educated in one thing. Then you're just educated in whatever aspect you are. But to be completely like an educated person, you have to look at the aspect of everything, not just the aspect of your point of view. Okay. And I think yeah. also, like, you're trying I worded to say, too, really, like, the, the I worded moral it. aspect, like, over the education. Yeah. I think you're trying to say, like, the how Like, the moral, moral aspect, the moral The morality in a person. And, like, the ethical education. As opposed to the education, I think that would be a better way. Yeah. I, yeah, I was wording it okay. weird, but you guys get my point, right? Okay. Yeah. Overall, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the basic consensus of it. I mean, in my opinion. But, you know, I think racism is the stupidest thing ever. And it's something that we as a system defined um ourselves secondly you know there is only one human race at the end of the day so you know we're being racist towards each other and i also think that racism we think that racism is only across other races but i don't think that's the case because i i find a lot of people are racist you know even against their own kind Mm -hmm. per se yeah you know white on white black on black hispanic on hispanic but i think what it narrows down to is i think the biggest issue um, you know, I'm not saying racism spawns from this, but I think that this is, you know, like R- Ryan's kind of saying, people that are more educated typically aren't racist. I mean, that's a harsh or that's kind of a big assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to think that, you know, understanding where we at, where we are in society today in 2018, you know, that we're trying to get rid of racism as a whole and, you know, degrade that entire system. So, what I'm getting at is I think that the main issue is, you know, income inequality. And that narrows down to so many different things on a basic level of our, you know, primary education system as well, because it's just completely failing us. So I think that a lot of where racism spawns from is just the way people are brought up and how our system already puts you at an unfair advantage, you know, definitely. and that typically is minorities, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's just how, 
it works and how it has always worked. And I'm not saying that's fair. That definitely needs to change. But that's where I'm saying it comes in is that income inequality is, you know, the basic um, basis for racism because our system's already putting people on a lower level because of the education they receive. Because that narrows down to because how schools are funded is basically off of property tax. So think about it. When you live in a nicer area that, you know, obviously has has a higher property tax, there's more money put into that school. So when you're already, when you're richer and you live in a more expensive neighborhood, that school is going to be more funded. Now we do have standardized tests, which is how, you know, depending on your scores and stuff, you get more funding. But on the basic level, that's how a school is funded. So if you're in a, you know, a terrible area that has, you know, low property value and, you know, lower income, that school is automatically put on a specific level because they're being funded less. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you need money to make education good, but in most cases, a lot of our answers to fixing education is more funding. I'm not saying that's entirely right, and I don't think that's, you know, the best um, fix for it, but, you know, more money does help the education system. But, you know, the big point is, is it's hard to break that system and that barrier because as a child, if your primary school system's failing you and already keeping you in this, you know, group category whatever you want to call it of our system you know it's hard to break out of and we're not you know giving them as much opportunity as they need to and Mm -hmm. they'll never break out of that income inequality it's kind of like ball and chain theory yeah true so um just explain to everyone listening what ball and chain theory is it's basically like the majority has been running around so there's a track right like a normal track event whatever, or whatever event we're running, um, we all start at the same start line for whatever reason, and we're all running around the track, but for the longest time, um, the blacks and people of minorities, minorities have been running the same track as we have. Or people who have lower income. Yeah, um, but with like a ball and chain, which is just the laws and things that used to hold them mm-hmm. different than us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that has been holding them down, which is the ball and chain. And they have once, this weight on their back, which slows them down. So they're farther behind in the race. Yeah. And, so and so to compensate for that. Yeah. And so once, once we abolish those rules, um, and got slavery out of the way and Jim Crow laws, whatever mm-hmm. civil rights act, um, the ball and chain was taken off and they got to run freely, but we have been able to run like farther 10 times faster than them mm-hmm. because of yeah. the fact that we don't have mm-hmm. to wait on us that we can be pushed farther forth into the society than they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the point you brought up of income equality because I think a lot of like the far right people are like the far right politicians and the far right mm-hmm. people like Ben Shapiro specifically. He always says yeah. I don't think that there's any reason why somebody should be born into anything that they can't get out of, or everyone has the most equal opportunity from birth because it's just the way you do yeah, things. Yeah, but mean, that's not really like accurate. Yeah, but, but you just I can't. See the flip side of what not everyone's saying, a motivated like person, and if if but that's a personal issue, if your whole society, but I feel like if your whole society has been brought around like oppression and stuff like how can you be motivated if everything is telling you 
well, blame here, the white man, blame whatever. I've actually had this conversation recently, and I do agree with Ben in a certain circumstance where I'm I'm not blind to, you know, people have to overcome their own issues, and your issues are different than mine, and Stevens are dis- different than mine and yours, and, you know, everybody in the entire world. You know, people have harsher conditions and harsher things to overcome, but I do agree with him on the settling factor because I feel like a lot of people, they could find the tools they could get a mentor they could put themselves in the position to overcome those things but they don't they settle and they blame it on the system because of that position that they were in which like i was getting at is often they're often put in that position because of the income inequality because of their you know their family their predecessors etc um but that's that's the issue like i feel sympathy for people who are put in you know like even like third world countries like that's that's a system right there that is just so hard to get out of you know and i feel for those people but if we come back over into america there's a lot of people that i you know have come into contact with that have just rolled over and died like when they could have overcome these you know barriers that were put in place you know for whatever reason so i mean i feel sympathy there i'm not as harsh as ben shapiro but at the end of the day like you know when you think about it our predecessors it was most of the things they did were life or death you know, and that's where, you know, depression, mental illness, anxiety, all these things come in because those are, those are clinical illnesses. You can't just define yourself. Oh, I have anxiety. If I don't go to the doctor and get that clinically, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like clinically diagnosed, Mm -hmm. like anxiety didn't, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but think about it, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago when these people were in life or death situations, like they were not thinking about depression, anxiety, they couldn't. They would literally die. Like it was survival of the fittest. Like, but I don't think that makes it wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, like, you know, go ahead. Let me put this together. No, okay, I, I, real, real quick. Um, like based off of like what uh, Cameron just said, if you go to a, the problem is if you go to a doctor now and say that you have anxiety, you do have anxiety because now we can prescribe you something. Um, and oh, make I a could, lot of money off I of you. I could go off on this so hard right now. Yeah, but like, it's everyone has a a prescription now almost. Um, Xanax, Adderall, they're like you know Lord prescribed to almost everyone. I think that's also a problem because I feel drugs. In yeah, general. most people don't need them. I I think I think if a lot of the time people think they're depressed, but I just think their life sucks. Um, and you need if you fixed your life, I think the depression would go away. And it's not really depression. It's just feeling unsatisfied with your life yeah i i really really like this topic to bounce off what you're saying with the psychoactive drugs the biggest issue is think about it you're a doctor there's two ways you make money two simple ways you make money it's prescriptions procedures and the other one's surgeries you don't make money any other way so if i come to you you know oh i'm you know i'm feeling anxious i think i have anxiety i think i have depression blah blah, blah. even though you may not you know your receptors aren't giving off that vibe they're going to prescribe you something. I'm not saying all doctors are bad, but this is how our system Most. is. It's a cartel system. Mm-hmm. So when they prescribe you something, they make money off it. They, they have to live. So now we become dependent on these drugs that we didn't need in the first place, and that's why we have such a huge opioid addiction. Now, the other issue with that is it being a cartel system, there's no defined price for anything. Defined for, cartel system. Um, a cartel system. It's like, Okay, think about it. A drug cartel. You know, if I'm trying to buy cocaine off of you and you're selling the cocaine or whatever it is, 
any type of drug, you define how much I'm going to pay you. Like, there's no set price for things in a cartel system. Mm -hmm. So if, if somebody's prescribing you Adderall mm -hmm. or Lortab or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. it's all just dependent on what they want to charge you for it. So they overcharge you for it. You know, they could undercharge you, but I guarantee no. that's not going to well, happen. Well, they're drug you know, dealers. Yeah. Doctors exactly. are drug dealers, so, basically. But this is the thing. These are prescribed drugs we're giving to people. So nobody wants to come out and say that that's the issue um, that we're prescribing people and making people dependent on, you know, opioids when they, in the first place, didn't even have these issues that they came in for and secondly, didn't need to be dependent on those drugs. Oh, because we lose so much money if we do that. Well, you know, there's no money in healthiness. Yeah. You know, there's but, just value in it. Yeah, you don't cure, you treat. Like we were talking about like, earlier. Exactly. Um, but... The biggest issue is the government's not going to come out and say any of these things and, you know, make themselves look bad and throw shade on themselves. And here's a big issue is psychotropic drugs are, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, those are drugs that are to help mental illnesses in general, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be. There's, you know, PTSD, whatever. Yeah, a large span of psychotropic drugs, but they're for mental illnesses. And... This is interesting because a lot of psychotropic drugs have been linked towards, you know, mass shootings. Okay, dude, shootings. thank you. Dude, but the, school shootings, murders, they've serial all been rapists, on. They've all been on You those. know, these huge things. But we're not going to come out and say this. You'd only know this if you look into yourself because the government would never come out and say this because these are all FDA drugs. Mm -hmm. These are FDA approved drugs. Approved, which makes yeah, it Yeah, these are things that are approved by the government. So, you know... It, I would hate to give an example, but even the shooter that happened here in Las Vegas, he, mm -hmm. he tested positive. Yeah, he tested positive positive for psychotropic drugs, and I'm not saying that's the exact reason, but what I'm saying is is there's a common occurrence here. Yeah, there's a common occurrence here. So at the end of the day, we're becoming dependent on things that we don't need. It's like I mean, I know me personally. It's like when you have a flu, you know. First of all, how do you know I have the flu? How do I know I have the flu unless I go to the doctor, which is, you know, I'm not going to self-diagnose myself. I'm not a doctor. Secondly, when I, I don't typically take medicine unless I really need it because, you know, as humans, we're really not supposed to take medicine. Like we have an immune system that's supposed to fight these antibodies on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, medicine, I'd say there's severe cases where well, it's, it's it, needed. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, I'm hoping one day that we can, you know, pull back these things not rely and, on them yeah you know because i would never and and the thing is is i've never you know in my opinion i've never gone through depression i've never been an anxious person or had anxiety so my opinion may be swayed here but i feel like i'm you know very open i feel for these people because it is a clinical thing like it is a real issue don't get me wrong but at the end of the day my issue with it is is i feel like a lot of people you know take this term how you want are you know weak-minded um in the same sense where that same point I was getting at with predecessors, they were put in certain circumstances where you could not be depressed. You couldn't be anxious, you know, 100, 200 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever it may be. Um, so these things were not even an issue because they couldn't be, you know. So now we're just so weak-minded, you know, however that may, there's no easy answer to fix that or easy way to determine how that's happening. But our system is just making people weaker, if that even makes any sense. Um it's making people less um, susceptible to being self-reliant. Yeah, and I'm not saying there's not certain circumstances. Like, you know, PTSD is a real thing, and, you know, all these mental illnesses are a real thing. I'm not discrediting any of them by any means. Like, a lot of people don't actually have them. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. A uh -huh. lot of people think that they are, you know, anxious, have anxiety, are depressed, 
have experienced some event that they thought has caused you know some traumatic distress on their brain but this these things are things that often are being put in our heads you know by ourselves because we keep telling that oh because everyone has it and i don't so, like, and if i don't you feel think uncomfortable, it's you might have it too and i don't think it's a problem to like be more educated about it and like make people more comfortable with it mm-hmm. i just think it's a problem when we use it as a blame for something so exactly. say like you're not motiv- you're not a motivated person uh-huh. i think I'll, there can be a case where someone blames that on depression like, mm-hmm. oh i'm depressed exactly. so excuse. i can't it's do easy. this yeah, and, but i don't i i that that's not discrediting the people who actually have it cuz i i do think depression is a huge problem and oh it is it definitely needs to be talked about more because there's got to be a way to get around it um but there are a lot of people that use it as a scapegoat for what they want even even thinking about it in criminal circumstances as well people have murdered people and have claimed insanity yeah you know mm-hmm. oh i'm That's not, not okay. in the right mindset this and that and they they get off yeah, and you know you can completely crazy. fake that test exactly like it's, that's it's, a test of just how you act and like your thoughts and you know that's how the, thing, like, the, the brain right. just isn't really understood i think that's a really big issue compared to like the rest of the body why we do what we do like i mean there's huge debates like mm-hmm. in philosophy psychology like neuroscience it's just a super complex topic well, when you think about it the medical industry as a whole is you know relatively such an untested industry it takes thousands and thousands of you know recipients to understand one thing and it's crazy and the medical field is constantly changing because of you know new innovations new technology new understanding of the body and how things you know work so Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy to assume so many things um when we you know, we may not know the entire parts. Of I don't everything. think we've completely understood everything, but I do think we're getting more educated on the fact of depression and the fact of anxiety, mm-hmm. and um, explaining to everyone that it does exist and a good amount of people, uh, whether it's completely like can take over your life or mm-hmm. not. Um, but I do like that. I mean, I do think that's important that we get that message across. So I will disagree with the sense of that a lot of people don't have it or people who say they have it, but actually don't. I do think people have it. I don't think that everyone... I do think it comes in different value to people. I do think it has a different amount of um, constraint on your life. But I just do disagree that it... I do, I do think that a good amount of people, everyone who says they could have it, there's a good chance that they could have it because... A lot of people have it. And it's I just, would say most people don't, though. I do yeah. think people have it. I just don't think it's at the kind of well, that's standpoint what I'm saying. that like you most, guys think so. Most don't have it, I think. But I'm not saying it's not a real thing. Cause cause it's not a self-diagnosed you, thing, and people yeah, self-diagnose themselves. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there's no way of defining it because... Wait, brain studies. Mm-hmm. They literally do an anagram of your brain. A brain scan, yeah. And they study For, like, anxiety? And yes. depression and PTSD. And how your brain reacts to certain things in certain uh-huh. circumstances. But isn't that... Can't that be susceptible based upon your opinion of it? Well, but your and brain the, chemistry your can't change. Yeah. Your brain chemistry can't change when you go Especially under Especially with, like, a, PTSD a and depression, like, clinical depression. Like, your brain receptors give off a different vibe than it would with somebody who doesn't. But isn't that susceptible to change? It can, yeah, oh, yeah, but it's it's like a black and white. say. With no, no, but, more, but not, not that easily, though. Like, I know, but I do agree with the fact that what we're talking about as if a lot of people don't have it the way they think it is. 
But I think the fact that it's becoming more prevalent, it's being kind of like put into people's brains more than it yeah. would before, and it is becoming more relevant. Well, like it's, it's like a sp- way out now. Yeah, like, and it oh, is shit, spoken. Things aren't going yeah, well. I and might it, be depressed. I mean, and it is yeah. being more spoken about it, uh, more spoken of, and putting being put into people's brains and their yeah. thought process around things that it can cause it to actually be real, like yeah. with everything. Well, yeah. like something that Joe Rogan says. Um, like there, conversation. Yeah, there, there's the definitely um, some, let, let's say fast food jobs. Um, you're working there. Usually they suck. I mean, you, have you guys worked fast food jobs? No. No, I have. Not for too long. I've worked, no, I've worked a shitty job. It's horrible. I've worked a shitty job. I'm saying like fast food specifically because it's normally a shitty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really shitty job in most cases. Like no one enjoys making burgers or you know they may but the general most people, assumption is people are suck. stuck there and don't they really don't enjoy it one thing that i think joe rogan was saying is what if people like so many more people are depressed now it's because the job they're doing has no real purpose or value like we were yeah, saying there's the no value to society or t- like to yourself like you're just giving people i mean i guess it could be that you're giving people food but just the job the itself like the them. cashier you don't really need a cashier anymore. Like you can just you could do it autonomously. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and and I like and what you're getting at. You're spending time doing something that has no real value. You know, and I may be harsh on people and expecting a lot of people, but I'd rather you know that than the opposite. And what I'm getting at there is that I think that's just so dependent on yourself because if you don't like that McDonald's job, there's a million and one other things you could do that put purpose to your life and you really have to find your purpose in life and go out and achieve that. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. I understand people are in certain circumstances, you know, that are harder to overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not blind to that, but at the end of the day, I have no sympathy for people that are going to sit there and work a dead end job that they don't enjoy, but also don't have the motivation to go do something else that puts purpose, you know, to their that's life. True. I agree with that 98% of the time. Okay. I do think like what you said, harder things overcome. But how I see it is from personal experience. Most of these kids or most of the people that um, have these jobs are like the unmotivated teenagers or like anywhere between 19 to like 24 or like 16 to 24. I don't know why I said 19. Um, Just like that gap age where like you're still figuring out everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think working something you hate can be super unmotivating to want to find something else or it could be the most motivating and for a lot of the cases of people that don't do things, like or people that don't get off their ass and find something better, it's because the unmotivation of what they're doing is just draining them, and they just think, well, if I just get go by day by day, I don't, it's fine, and I can just work this like shitty society's job until, trap. Yeah. yeah, or I could just That's work this point, shitty job until I get home. Yeah. I agree with you, but let me ask you something. Am I, are other people or is the system supposed to compensate for somebody else's no. personal drive? Because a lot of what you were just saying is dependent on somebody's person. You know, the reason why you didn't want to go, you know, go out and find meaning and find another job when you're working a shitty job is because that job is putting you in such a shitty situation, et cetera, et cetera. But that's such a personal drive right there because at the end of the day, like you can't, you know, that isn't dependent on anybody else. I definitely don't think anything should ever be handed to someone. I think things should be worked for. And I think there should you should find some value in wanting to work for something or having a goal. Um, and I don't think that there should be any laws that 
like tell people that they can be handed things or um, just give people things without them having to work for it because I just think at that point then we're just creating welfare for everything. Well, and then things um, are taken granted for because yeah. you don't have to work for something. There is no meaning to it. Yeah, and um, I agree with that. But I think there could be an even, like a like a middle ground, yeah, an yeah, even-handed right. <laughs> nice opinion mean, about it, go. where Second people time. can understand and relate with the unmotivated people and try to, just as a society, like bring each other up more than bring each other down. Because I feel like a lot of the jobs with like specifically like McDonald's, the one that's like right by my house, the one over here. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I pointed towards Ann it. Indicator. No, no, it's not Ann. It's like the one by Walmart. Oh, so Decatur. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And like whenever I go Shout in there, the spot. it's right. always the same. It's always the same workers, right? Mm-hmm. It's always the same people. Like oh, the same. I, this is that the piece same of shit lady, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, and uh, I hope she listens to this podcast. Anyways, but like that that work environment, like I could never see myself working there. Like I, I could be like, if I ever worked there, then I have hit a fucking all time low. Bro, but the people that over. work there. Dude, you I know what lady we're talking about, right? I definitely know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. I think it's just funny that yeah, we all know. Anybody like, in Vegas that lives northwest, north side of town knows will that literally lady. know this Yeah, lady. no. She's kicked me out of there a couple times. Um, but what are we saying? Um, I lost my... Okay, so the people that work there, it's always... This, it's been the same people forever. Yeah, so it's always been... Fucking started high school. Yeah, it's been the same people that I've seen working there since, like, I was, like, a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And my thought process is, is, like, this job fucking sucks. Like, I can just tell this job fucking sucks and I don't work here. How the hell just do you... Just looking at them. Yeah, man. how do you... How the hell do you work here and spend eight hours of your day here and not just look at it and be like, dude, I need to go? And that's why I think we need to be, as a society need to that was just a personal example but i think that kind of correlates to our society needing to just be better as people because i feel like that job wouldn't suck and it wouldn't be so bad and i feel like there would be perks to that job if it was more of a job like my job where i go to work and i get to hang out with people i enjoy yeah, you, being around yeah generally enjoy. yeah and i think that there should be more i don't think there's any laws but i just think as a society we need to work towards just being better people because I feel like when you can be a better person and be more positive towards someone, that radi- that will radiate off in their actions. Well, that's how they say a lot of people say, I mean, you know, like super spiritual, like you can like, can sound kind of goofy, but I mean, we've really all are connected. Like the way we treated others, um, you're going to treat someone else differently just because you had a good or bad interaction. Like let's say yeah. I piss you off and then you go to work and you're pissed off. And then you give off that vibe to, like, your coworkers. It's a chain and then, action. Yeah, and then, like, to the people you interact with at work. And then they go home because you're a fucking asshole at your job. <laughs> and you go home, and then they're mad at their family, and they don't even know why. And if, like, we were all positive, like, imagine what could happen. Like, I mean, yeah. it, there's no easy way to define it either. And I feel like there's no, no way, there's no way everyone could be positive 100% of the time because that's just... Well, that wouldn't be normal. Like, yeah, that, well, would just, that, would, that would take the value of positivity away. Yeah, exactly, because you wouldn't feel the like the mm-hmm. downside of it. Exactly. But also, I agree with that, one thousand percent. But there's also a flip side to that because, like, so me personally, I am a super positive person. So if I'm gonna go to work, I'm not gonna go to work and bring any of my personal issues to work or you know anything. I'm gonna always have a positive outlook at work because listen, I'm at work forty plus hours a week, usually more than that, almost fifty, which is insane. 
And I'd rather just enjoy that space, enjoy those people. So I'm not going to bring my issues there and cause issues and be a negative person like yeah, that Debbie yeah. Downer. It's just, if I'm going to be spending so much time there, I might as well enjoy it. You know, yeah. and like I'm getting at, there's no easy way to define that because that's just a mindset. You mm-hmm. know, how do you even put that into words? You know, I mean, it seems so simple, but it's literally like one of the most complex things ever. So, you know, but that's just me personally. Like I've always had that, you know, mindset, but it's it's hard to obtain for certain people because they may not find that drive behind themselves you know like now that we're talking about this i would actually go as far as to say that most people are how you're the fuck? um <laughs> like how you describe yourself i think most people are actually like that mm-hmm. it's just you know a certain group that are negative and the negative outshines the positive always, yeah. yeah but i do think most people are positive and are good people like at yeah. heart they are good people we'd like to assume so yeah i think so yeah i do too i mean i think that we would all there's definitely more good people sh- than bad people. Yeah, i think yeah definitely. i think i definitely think that we should we all as people strive to find happiness i mean with that being in your morality or ethically or religiously or whatever and I think happiness is the end goal for most people. But I don't think it's everything, obviously. I don't think you can experience complete happiness if you don't experience... You need a struggle no, well, yeah, with some struggle. It, it, it's the basic understanding that if you're constantly happy... And this is, this is the only... One of the only things I, I think that why people who have everything oftentimes, you know, commit suicide, have depression, are mm-hmm. unhappy ultimately, even though it seems like they have everything. Because if you think about it, if you can do anything and everything because you have the money, you have the willpower, you have, you're put in that position to obtain these things, like there's just no meaning behind it anymore. So if I can buy whatever I want, you know, the next thing I buy has to constantly one up the last thing because there's just no meaning behind that. So if you're constantly happy and you never experience the sad, then the happy is not happy anymore. Like they're just, it doesn't make sense. If you don't experience what being at the bottom is, then how can you even, you know, get the full meaning out of being out of the top? Like, yeah. yeah. No, and then, then the people that, like, like you said, super successful, super rich commit suicide. I think a lot of it is they get to that point and they just can't believe, like they have everything, fame, money, and they're still not happy. Mm-hmm. So they really did reach the top. Like, there's yeah. nowhere else to go, and they're still not happy. That's I think that's why they kill themselves. Yeah, I feel like the people, like, um, that are the most successful, that are happy, they find the value in the happiness that they give off to others. So, mm-hmm. let's That's really like, important. Like, like yeah. you know projecting change to others yeah and like specifically, or being in a position where you can like giving just, back yeah yeah let's just like um let's name drop someone. ashton kutcher yeah definitely ashton kutcher That's a good example. or like childish gambino he is a person that if he wanted to everything he drops is like the biggest thing at whatever time like this is america and that music video he dropped like he doesn't even like advertise these things before he does it. he just drops it mm-hmm and the value he finds in his life is through the things that interest him. So when he made like the album that was all around like jazz and stuff, he knew it wasn't going to be what everyone wanted, but he knew that that's what had value to him and so he took his stance on what he had and took the value 
that he had personally and put into his Yeah, life. I used to be a huge... I mean, I still am a huge fan, but I think one of the things he did say is a lot of the old music he used to make was kind of just more to make money and get into that scene. It wasn't something he typically Yeah, and then once he got there, he got to be able to just express himself in every and way as possible. How and that's he why he's actually saying, wanted to articulate yeah. himself because I, I believe he said... I, I was watching some interview. Maybe it was Black TV or something like years ago. You know, like Sweatpants or Bonfire or like any other of those famous songs that everybody is like a staple to his name and really gave him his fame. Mm-hmm. He kind of claimed that, you know, I only did that just to get into the music industry. And, you know, that's kind of noble of him. Um, because like you're saying, you're talking about the one track that has, you know, Redbone on it. And, and I forget what the album's called. And even This Is America, like, you know, that's not a song that you're going to bump in your car. Like it's... No, it's whatever, true. but it was something he wanted to make to, you know, prove a point, make a stance, etc., express yeah. himself. And just, like, with that whole jazz album, like, he knew no one was going to be like, oh, this is the best album ever, unless you're into that and kind of music. And he still made money off it. Yeah. Um, but he found the purpose in it, and the purpose of fact is that he got to do what he wanted to do at a projected scale because he didn't do what exact he didn't get to do exactly what he wanted to do to get to that. Like he was uncomfortable yeah. before, and like he could be comfortable yeah, and, and do what he wants. Now that he has everything that he needs, he can use the fame and stuff to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like back to the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about what we want to do. Kind of correlates to what I want to do is, I know what I want to do isn't going to make money mm-hmm. like straight off the bat, like making music or podcasts or whatever. But it's what I want to do, and what I'm doing like now is just having this sustainable job. To be able to fund the things that I want to do. Whether I like going to work. I like going to work the majority of the time. But sometimes I fucking hate it. I mean I think that's like it with everyone. Yeah. But I'm doing it for the fact that. There are more pros than cons to doing it. Yeah. And I feel like if. Once you have more cons than pros. There's just no point in doing anything. And um, so would you say that you kind of just want to be. I don't know. Influencer is probably the wrong word. But you know. Uh, a creator an influencer just, yeah, have be artistic not just not cre- be in a position of power but be in a position where you can have influence on people and get a, you know yeah i mean i i mean my goal in life i think would to be just like like a choice of on of something he was a youtuber and mm-hmm. became like an artist whatever um he's famous amongst like several different communities um just like something like that where I can be on a projected scale and people can see me because I know I'm like usually like center of attention whenever like mm-hmm. I'm anywhere. Um, I try to be. Um, that's just kind of who I am, and that's like what I want to do is just be able to do everything that I like. So music, podcast, whatever, um, and also like have money to experience new things, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It- that's super interesting and and it's like the same thing with me i never you know i think i've always projected the image of like i know exactly what i want to do and i know exactly you know everything about my life which is just definitely not the case because even to this point you know making the decision to go to college and you know i also want to go to trade school and the job i'm working in and you know the things i'm doing on a day-to-day basis to improve myself you know you think that they all i mean they all have meaning but you think that i have everything figured out and i'm going to a specific direction but i'm really not so i thought the best thing for me to do was narrow it down to the the ultimate things that I want to achieve in life, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, oh, I want to have a $5 million. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about like the 
moral things I want out of life. So that's why I kind of chose my career path. But, you know, I chose my career path, but I also don't know exactly what I want to do in that space. It's not like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to open my own bookstore or whatever. I have no clue what I want to do. Um, I kind of have just chosen this career path because I think it'll give me the best opportunity to achieve what I want at the end of the day. And I think that I'm going to take the opportunities as they come and, you know, push myself into that space so that I can achieve these things I want. And I know I said these at the beginning of the podcast, but my, my things, you know, are very, very simple, but a lot of people don't think about it. Like I said, I want the freedom of time, you know, so to put that in perspective, I've never want to chase, change my time for somebody else's dollar because there's so many circumstances in life. You know, it happened to my parents, probably your guys' parents, probably your friends, people you know, you see it on a day-to-day basis. You know, people work because they have to. Mm-hmm. They work paycheck to paycheck, which is just something I never, ever want to do. And, you know, and it's not just as simple as that. People have to turn down things they want to do in their life because they need the money. Money is a driving factor. And, you know, if you don't think cash is king, then you're stupid and I'll never talk to you. Um, you know, that's kind of harsh, but I mean... That's I, a little harsh. It's, I do agree with you yeah, on that point. But makes sense. Yeah. What I'm getting at is, you know, money's not everything for me. I could care less about money. Like I said, money is a tool, but money gives me the opportunity to do what I want to do. But... You know, freedom of time, that seems like such a broad term, but think about it. I want to be able to do what I want when I want to do it, you know? And I think everybody, you know, ultimately kind of, kind of wants to have a lifestyle like that, but they just settle and won't do it. Um, you only have one life. I think that's a lot of things that people don't really, like, face. Well, yeah, is, there's an end. Yeah, like, there's, there's, no, there's no for sure factual thing of what happens after you die. And I know we're getting into, like, this whole dark thing of, like, yeah, you, or this whole, like, susceptible, or freaking, like, stereotypical, you only have one life, live it right. But it's so true. Like, you really only have one life. That and we know I, of right now, yeah. Yeah, like, as, with all the research that has ever been done and everything that we have factual, you literally only have one life. One shot. However long it is. Mm-hmm. So why would you ever spend the time in your life not... Um, doing exactly what you want to do or striving to mm-hmm. get as much out of something as you can. Like, I don't understand why people can live. Like, I I was talking to my parents about this. Um, they were talking to me. They were, like, our parents, like, are not going to live forever. And a lot of our parents have jobs that they probably did for a normal amount of income or whatever just to keep like the family moving or whatever mm-hmm. and yeah i'm not saying that they had shitty lives I'm not saying they didn't get anything out of lives or their life but i think there's so much more you can get out of life if you truly follow exactly what you want to do there's no reason not to. yeah there's no reason not that's, to because like why, who's telling you who's telling but, you but also it's like the perspective because we're growing up we I mean, We're not I don't think yet. none of us, yeah, no, but on top of it, like, none of us, like, have really struggled too much yeah. in our, like, situation, like, we live, like, in middle-class families, like, our families, may, I think the perspective also was that they grew up, and they just felt like they needed to provide for the family, and enjoy family time, and work, that it's not like they thought they, I, well, at least that's what I think, that a lot of them, I don't well, think I, they the thought, the ideals have definitely changed, yeah, I don't think they were thinking, like, oh, I can follow my dream, like, maybe, that that was their dream just having a family but now like with like a bunch of outside influence we can like kind of think about well i can be a movie producer i don't have to settle for the nine-to-five job i can be an entrepreneur i can do whatever and 
I you think can that's do, new. I also think there's a lot of people that think like when you go to college, you have to figure out what the one thing you want to do, and then do it forever. Like I, I, I don't see myself nope. ever living a life where seldom, I have one. Where I have yeah, or where I have one specific thing that I do for the rest of my life. I think that's just very boring. It's not only boring. I just don't think it's like it's not. It's like, not plausible to you. Yeah, I was just about to say that it's not plausible and it doesn't make sense. Like if if you're interested in six things, do six things. Don't do one thing because it's something that yeah, or don't gonna, limit yourself yeah, to do that. Like teachers. The reason why I decided not to be a teacher is because yes, I could be passionate about that. I'm not saying I couldn't mm-hmm. be passionate about that. Yeah. But with that job, it wouldn't give me the what's the word? It wouldn't get. It would give me the the fulfillment. Yeah, it wouldn't give me the fulfillment of being able to do that and then do the six other things that I want to do because I couldn't. You probably wouldn't be in the opportunity to whether that's money, position, mm-hmm. power, circumstance, whatever. You probably wouldn't even be in that exactly. circumstance to be able to achieve those other things. You know, if you limited to yourself, then I don't. That's not yeah. on teachers, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that hit. It's a hit on anything. I think if you're truly passionate about it and you you're okay with settling, I would say. I, mean, I don't think you're saying you're settling if you're a teacher, but if you're okay with just doing that and like that's what you want to do and that's really like your goal and your mindset, then I mean, go ahead. I'm not gonna tell you, oh, don't be a teacher because you. Yeah, I think so that's much what's scary life. too. But though. I want you to take into consideration that if you're gonna do that like you're probably gonna do that for 30 odd years whatever it's it's like Mm -hmm. my sister for example yeah so she started to go to school for kinesiology so to be like a sports um practitioner you know Mm -hmm. sports medicine whatever and then switch to early childhood education there the thing with teachers is it's just a it's such a specific calling like not everybody's going to be a teacher not everybody's fit to be a teacher you know when you want to be a teacher and like my sister there's no doubt in my mind that she'll be an amazing teacher and that has always wanted to be a teacher because she literally she did what maybe a year of kinesiology and absolutely hated it failed etc did you know a number of things and then literally like education's like a calling so in no way shape or form is she ever settling because she's becoming a teacher it's just dependent on you know yourself on yeah. what you on want you exactly so my sister that's her calling that's exactly what she wants to do so she's not settling she's following her dream but like you're saying if there's another six other things you want to do do them you, and you couldn't do those things because of the position you're putting yourself in then you are settling i think you, you know, are it's just circumstantial but i also think that a lot of people don't understand that they probably do have these six other things but they're so focused on the one thing that those six other things just aren't spoken to them in their mind and one thing is that you you can't really like no one can tell you if you're well i guess you you kind of could if you're living correctly and living to fulfill your dreams because i mean it really is like deep down you know um are are you going to be happy being a dentist or um you feel like you're meant to uh i don't know be in the peace corps yeah (laughs) yeah whatever yeah like it's really it's it's an an independent it's it comes from within, I feel. Like, you know, and no one else knows. And I think that's the hardest part, is that a lot of people that don't have, like, any... Uh... Well, we keep narrowing it down to finding meaning. If yeah. If you can put meaning to something, and that's what you want to do, then it's... Anything. It's, it's successful. Successful is defined by yourself. You know, just because you make $30,000 doesn't mean you're not successful. If that's good for you and successful for you, that's what you define it as. 
It's the same thing with truth. Truth is super subjective. It's however you define it. Now, there is personal truth. There's like actual factual truth, etc. But at the end of the day, if I say I'm, you know, 6'8", like I'm not 6'8". Like that's, mm-hmm. but if I say I'm successful, you know, what, who's to say it's not true? Yeah, who's to say what is successful? Like, oh. Exactly. Who yeah, defines like, that? Like, you. even like big people, like you could say, like Beyonce, she's successful. You but, know, but somebody else Elon Musk, not. he's probably more successful in what we consider success. So is she not and successful depends, because Elon Musk is more successful? Like you, you can find something and you do and just find value in it. So say like you, I'm not gonna say work at McDonald's because I really don't think that anyone can really find that value unless you're very. Jeez, I hope not. The negative one percent, but say really you like your your sister like. She's going to be successful and she's not going to make 100k a year. Mm-hmm. She's not going to make she's not going to be able to go to Peru every summer. But she's going to be successful in the fact that she did what she wanted to do and she was happy about her decision and she gets to thrive off of that because that's what she wants to do. Alexa, if you're listening, Mary Rich. Hey, yeah. yeah, Alexa, if you're listening. <laughs> Mary Rich. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but like I said, it's super subjective. It's however you define it. You know, nobody else can define your success or your truth, period. Yeah. Um, you know. Success, for, success is susceptible. And I kind of want to end the podcast on that note. It's just the fact that whatever you want to do, just kind of commit put, put everything and into thrive. It. And if you can't find the value in it, then don't do it. Yeah, find meaning to everything you do. Or put meaning to everything you do. Bro, what a good talk, guys. What a good talk. Well, shit. So, I want to I want to go ahead and thank Cameron for being on the podcast. It was great having you. Definitely brought some value to this podcast. Yeah, a little um, bit. Just mediocre. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, go ahead and drop your uh, Instagram real quick and, and Twitter. Uh, they're all Cameron underscore game, C-A-M-E-R-O-N underscore G-A-M-E. And for um, the ladies, drop your Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, send nudes. <laughs> I'm kidding. With a Z. Um, but yeah, real quick. So, you know, look out in the next week or two. I'm trying to put, you know, the podcast together. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be called The Fringe. I don't really know who's going to be the co-host or if it's going to be a different guest every week because that's kind of a hard thing to do. But it's going to start weekly and then probably bi-weekly um, and then work its way up from there. So just, you know, keep peeking on my social media. I'll put something out. I'm trying to get it together and put everything uh together in the next week or two but uh thank you for having me yeah, yeah bro. And, on, and on that note i just want to let everyone know to stay freaking motivated stay awesome stay whatever but always remember to stay you thank you guys for listening have a great day